was fabulous. Can we give our worship team one more hand clap of praise? Today is a great day. We have so much to celebrate as a church. We've been so blessed, and God is getting ready to move supernaturally. So amazing. It's been such a supernatural season. But how many know the best is yet to come? Before you're seated, we have a, a Bible school here, and uh, it's Valor Christian College. And uh, yes. Our students just finished their finals this week, and uh, we celebrate them. And we had three students, three students from our church that graduated yesterday in Ohio, and we celebrate that where the main campus is. Uh, before you're seated, high five your neighbor, say, Jesus is alive. Tell your other neighbors, say, Jesus is alive. You don't want to miss tonight. It's going to be an amazing service. We're so excited what God has been doing on Sunday night. And uh, Pastor Alba preached a great message on Wednesday night, if you were here. She did a fantastic job. And you don't want to miss, I, I, I know we'll probably say this at the end, but next week we have Bishop R.J. Matthews and his wife here. And you do not want to miss that. If you've never heard him preach, he's preaching at our young adult conference on Friday and Saturday. But he's going to be here Sunday morning for our church and Sunday evening. And him and his wife are just a powerhouse couple. And God is going to use them in a powerful way. So you don't want to miss that. Invite a friend, neighbor, relative. Invite the person that you don't like. Come on, somebody, and say, hey, God's going to change your life. That's why I'm inviting you, because you need your, you need your life changed. Amen? All right. Praise God. I, I, I really just want to give you, I know I say this often, but I want to give you an understanding of my preparation process for Sunday, and uh, it's very important to me uh, how God uses that in my life and you know all week I I stay in an atmosphere of prayer and in the word and really hearing from God I tell people all the time you know if you get convicted by what I preach I'm just the mailman I, I hear from God and I say what God says if you don't like the mail don't blame the mailman you know and so I lock away on Saturdays and hear from God and really fine-tune everything on Saturday and really ask God to speak. And God was speaking so loud to me yesterday that I, I actually wanted to preach another message, but the Holy Spirit kept pushing me this way, and God says, you need to preach this. And, and I really wanted to preach something else, but I, I remembered that I'm just the mailman. And so I'll be the best mailman I can be. Can I get a loud amen? If you turn to Luke chapter 5, and I'm going to read several verses here. And I know there's so many people that are in a crisis right now. 
Maybe there's somebody here today that's going through a problem, a situation, a trial, a tribulation, and you're looking for an answer. And I want to give you today a teaching, a preaching on how God answers problems. And I want you to understand today that you may be going through something, but God has an answer. And I want you to understand that his answers are amazing. If you have your Bible, Luke chapter 5, I'm just, I'm really going to read all this to really just focus on one verse. And it says this, so it was as the multitude pressed about him to hear the word of God that he stood by the lake of Gennesaret and saw two boats standing by the lake, but the fishermen had gone from them and were washing their nets. Then he got into one of the boats, which was Simon's, and asked him to put out a little from the land, and he sat down and taught the multitudes from the boat. When he had stopped speaking, he said to Simon, launch out into the deep and let down your nets for a catch. But Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. And when they had done this, they caught a great number of fish and their nets were, was breaking. So they signaled to their partners in the other boat to come and help them. And they came and filled both boats so that they began to sink. When Simon Peter saw it, he fell down at Jesus' knees, saying, Depart from me, for I am a sinful man, O Lord. For he and all who were with him were astonished at the catch of the fish which they had taken. Go back to verse 5, please. Yesterday, I could not get this scripture out of my spirit. Actually, it wasn't just this scripture. It was just one word. And it was this word, nevertheless. It says, but Simon answered and said to him, Master, we have toiled all night and caught nothing. Nevertheless, at your word, I will let down the net. I just got to preach this a little bit. I want you to see Luke 5, 5 in the Passion Translate. Actually, let's do the Message Translation, please. It says this, Simon said, Master, we have been fishing hard all night and have caught and haven't caught even a minnow. But if you say so, I'll let out the nets. I want you to see it in the NIV. It says like this, Simon answered, Master, we've worked hard all night and, have caught, and haven't caught anything. Because you say so, I will let down the nets. I want you to tap your neighbor and say, nevertheless. Tell your other neighbor say, nevertheless. I don't know how the facts are in your situation. I don't know what the report is. I don't know what the doctor may have said. I don't know the situation you're facing with every fact that is in that situation. But I do have a word for someone today that there's something happens when you put the word nevertheless behind the facts. And what I've learned is it means something very powerfully. It means 
and I just got this from the Webster's Dictionary, in spite of that or however. I know how things look, but however. I know how things look, but in spite of the fact, that word nevertheless is, is mentioned in the Bible almost a hundred times. It changes the situation. And I got a word for someone today that God is going to take your facts and put a nevertheless on the back end of it. Because he's a God that heals. He's a God that delivers. He's a God that breaks every chain. He's a God that does the impossible over and over and over again. Our God is not dead, but he is alive. The Bible calls him the firstborn from the dead. You know, Buddha's dead. Muhammad's dead. But Jesus is alive. And if that don't make you shout, I don't know what will. Because he said so. Because he said so. Nevertheless is similar to the word but. When you see a but, things are about to change. Everything I said before that, but. When you put an and, it keeps adding. But nevertheless, someone here today, maybe you've been diagnosed with cancer. Nevertheless, God is able to heal you. Maybe you have a wayward son or daughter. And it doesn't look good because they're on drugs and messed up. But nevertheless, who the sun sets free is free indeed. If you believe today that Jesus can put a nevertheless on your situation, just give him a shout of praise where you're at. That word was in my spirit yesterday, nevertheless. But I know so many people are going through so many different things. I know we talk about all the different problems in our country today and in our world today. Our world looks a lot different from when I was young. They're teaching our children all sorts of things that I think are absolutely insane. And I'm here to tell you, God has an answer. God has an answer. Now, I don't know if you're going to like the answer, but God has an answer. Exodus chapter 3 says this. And the Lord said, I have surely seen the oppression of my people who are in Egypt. And I have heard their cry because of their taskmasters. For I know their sorrows. So I have come down to deliver them out of the hand of the Egyptians and to bring them up out of the land to a good and large land, to a land flowing with milk and honey, to the place of the Canaanites and the Hittites and the Amorites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites and the Termites and the... Go, go back. Just leave it at verse 8. Come on, termites. I want you to understand today, God has an answer. 
I want to preach. That's my title today. God's answer. Everybody's looking for an answer. If you got a problem, you are looking for the answer. If there's a situation that's too hard, you're looking for an answer. Everyone is looking for an answer. And what's amazing is this. God saw their oppression. He heard their cries. And he knew their sorrow. Now they were in bondage and slavery for hundreds of years. Praying. God deliver us. God deliver us. They prayed. Generation after generation. God do a miracle. God deliver us. And so many of us have been crying out to God. I got a word for you today. God sees what you're going through. He has heard your cries. And he knows your sorrows. I see things in pictures. Every time I read the Bible, I see it in pictures. It's the way my brain works. And I can just imagine, God says, I'm going to come down from heaven and deliver my people. I can just imagine in Egypt what started to happen. The people, the Jewish people started celebrating. I see it kind of like this, like a extra, extra. Read all about it. Now, for you younger kids, there's something called a newspaper. We used to get them all the time. Come on, somebody. And on the front page, it would say the biggest news of the day. I loved getting the newspaper. Come on, somebody. And I would read it. Oh, look what's going on. I can just imagine the Egyptian times, the Egyptian sun, the Egyptian press release. The God of Israel is leaving heaven and coming down coming down to deliver them i imagine the egyptians were thinking ah we've heard this before it's nothing to worry about but i imagine the jewish community was dancing was celebrating they were saying god is coming down to deliver us i imagine they were throwing a party did you see the paper? Come on, somebody. Did you see the newspaper? Did you see the Egypt, Egyptian post? Come on, somebody. God is leaving heaven and coming down to deliver us. Oh, man. Get, get packing. We're getting delivered. Natalie, pack up the stuff. Get the dog. Come on, somebody. Pull up our favorite bush in the backyard because we're getting out of here. God is moving. Come on. Ooh. Bring the dog with three legs. He's getting out of here too. Come on. We are. We're getting delivered. And God is doing it. God's doing it himself. God's doing it. 
It's amazing. Partying on the street, I can just imagine. They read the headlines. God does something different. Verse 9 says this. Now therefore, behold, the cry of the children of Israel has come to me. And I have also seen the oppression with which the Egyptians oppressed them. Come now, therefore, and I will send you to Pharaoh, that you may bring my people, the children of Israel, out of Egypt. God sends Moses. I can just imagine the Jewish community there in Egypt. God, you said you were coming down. You were leaving heaven and coming down to deliver us. You're sending Moses? We haven't seen him in 40 years. You're sending Moses? Moses. God, you said you were coming down. God, you're supposed to deliver us. You're sending Moses? I can imagine when they see Moses, the deliverer, the vessel that God chose to use, it's a little different than probably what they expected. See, I, I, I want you to understand something today. A lot of times we don't understand how God answers things. A lot of times we don't understand how he works. I want you to understand this today. I could just hear them saying, we don't want Moses. We want you. What does Moses have to do with our affliction, our oppression? God said, I have come, but I'm sending you. See, you are the answer to someone's prayer. God, thank you three people. Come on, somebody. God's answer is us. God works through man. And when I mean man, I also mean woman. God works through men and women. God's redemptive plan is through us. I wish there was a better solution. I wish... There was a different way. I wish the birds could preach. I wish a lion could preach. I wish the sky could do marvelous things and even speak of the goodness of God with tangible words. But God did not choose the birds, the lions, 
or the sky for his redemptive plan. God's answer for man is man. God's answer is man. Jesus came in the form of a man. He died for our sins. He rose three days later with power and authority. With him we have victory. With him we have life. If you believe that here today, come on, give him a hand clap. I got victory in Jesus. But God sent out his disciples to preach the gospel. Mark 16, verse 15 says, Jesus sets them, go into all the world and preach to every creature. I'm here to tell you today that we must preach the gospel. We must declare the goodness of God. I began to complain to God this week about all the stuff that's happening in our country. I hear the stuff about Roe v. Wade and it's being overturned at a federal level and then states are going to begin to have abortions. The state of California, they say, will be the largest abortion hub in the United States of America. And I'm here to tell you today, I began to cry out to God. I said, God, we need to, you need to do something. I said, God, come down and do a miracle. Come down from heaven and change things. I said, God, there's people suffering all over. I said, God, there's people that need food all over. I said, there's people that need a touch from heaven. I said, when we go to Central America to see the poverty and to see the way people are living, God. See, if God solved our problems, he could solve hunger like that. He could solve all the world's problems like that. But that's not how God chose to do it. God chose to give man dominion. He chose to work through man. And so as I was crying out to God, and I said, God, our kids come down. The stuff they're learning, the stuff they're teaching these kids, Come down. God told me, no. He said, you fix it. He said, I'll be with you. I'll work through you. I said, how did it get so bad? I said, how did it get to this place? How did it get so messed up? He said, the church refused to do the work. He said, the church refused to do what I asked them to do. God told me he'll deliver you out of a pit. 
but he won't deliver you out of your recliner. And I'm here to tell you today, we got too comfortable in our recliner and this is on our watch what happened. And we need a church to rise up and say, I'm not waiting for God to come down because God lives in me and he isn't coming down. He works through us. We are the children of God. We belong to a royal priesthood. I'm an heir to the kingdom. I think so many Christians are waiting for God to come down and God says, I'm not coming down. I've empowered you by the Holy Spirit. I said, God, I said, God, we must feed people. People are dying of starvation all over the world. He said, feed them then. He said, I'll be with you. I said, people need saved. He said, go preach the gospel. I said, people need healed. They don't have health care. They don't have, people need a miracle. He said, pray for miracles. He said, your church, you and your church is an answer to people crying out. God says, I saw the people's oppression in El Salvador. I heard their cries. I knew their sorrows. And I sent an answer. The answer's name was Joey. I sent an answer. Her name was Alba. I sent an answer. Her name was Yehida. I sent an answer. God put the words of eternal life in the hands of man. He trusted it to us. Selfish man. The man that's all about himself. That's who he entrusted it to. Man has always been about himself. Me, myself, and I. I pray that you hear the cries. I pray that you understand your assignment here on earth. You're not here for your own good times. You're not here for your own pleasures. And there's nothing wrong with having fun. There's nothing wrong with that. But there's a bigger picture. You are the answer to somebody's prayer. You are somebody's miracle. I, I, I know no one wants to hear this anymore. What God wants us to do, the church in a whole, the church as a whole, just won't do. How did our schools get so bad? Because the righteous didn't stand up. How did this stuff get passed? Because the righteous didn't stand up. How does this keep happening? Because the remnants got to rise up. We can't be timid anymore. I don't care what people say. I am dreaming of what God's going to do here. I'm believing that we're going to start a woman's clinic here on this property. And I believe that babies will be saved.
And I believe that families will be reunited. I know that this kind of preaching could lose a few people. I ain't in this for people. I've stopped doing that a long time ago. And I ain't in it for the money. I stopped that a long time ago. I'm in it because I got an assignment from heaven and I'm an answer to somebody's prayer. Come on, wake up, rise up. Don't let our world die like this. If California is going to be the hub of abortions, there will be a church at 7106 Sorensen Avenue. It might not be a big church. It might not have it all together. But we'll tell and educate people and say, this is God's plan for your life. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. When he blesses you, it is seldom for you. When he blesses you, he seldom has you in mind. I know this is messing with your theology. Because if he can't get it through you, he won't get it to you. If he can't get it through you, he won't get it to you. I just got to preach this a little more. I'm saved so that I can tell others about the salvation that comes through Jesus. I'm blessed to bless others. I've been delivered to tell other people that God can deliver you in a moment, in a second. He can break every chain, snap every shackle, deliver you. See, God's answer is us. I'm tired of playing games. I'm tired of letting our country go to hell in a handbasket. I'm tired of an agenda that's trying to destroy our children. I'm tired of stuff being pushed that has no biblical precedence. I'm here to say there is a remnant and the remnant is going to roar and they're going to stand up for righteousness in the land of God and the land of the living. Come on. Come on. We had a meeting this week and we began to pray about remodeling the mods and putting classrooms in there and putting a first class woman's clinic where we could take, what's the word? Ultrasound, a 4D image. Come on, somebody. Because when they're shown a 4D image of a child, 90% of the time, the woman won't abort that child. And I'm here to tell you, I want women from our church, when we begin to open this up, to be there, to pray with women, to love on women, to be there in their darkest moment. Come on, somebody. We're even... We have a blessed to have a great lawyer here at our church. We'll even do some private adoptions. Hey, come on. If we're going to do it, we're going to do it. We got to be willing to take in children. I told Natalie, just prep your life. We're going to take in another eight or ten. Come on, somebody. 
Natalie always says, well, we have three wonderful children. She go, I go, three? She goes, well, I'm counting you in that. Come on, somebody. I have three wonderful babies. Come on, somebody. Meet our oldest, Brian. Come on, somebody. He's such a blessing. He sure loves to preach that gospel, though. <laughs> Come on. We have to be about it. We have to be willing to adopt these kids. We have to be willing to do more crusades. We're planning something. Hopefully it all works out. We're heading to Tijuana in September to a stadium down there and to prepare to do a huge crusade down there. Because God has heard the cries of Tijuana. We have to be about it. It can't just be a Sunday morning show. Because I'm here to tell you, I ain't putting on no show for nobody. I preach the gospel of Jesus Christ with power and authority and signs and wonders. I'm not here to entertain you. I'll ju you can find someone else to juggle for you. Come on, somebody. Our worship team isn't here to put on a show. They're here to bring the presence of God into this praise. Their worship is a weapon. The hungry are hungry right now. The lost are lost right now. Those that are crying are crying right now. God says, I see their oppression. I hear their cries. I know their sorrows. I'm coming down, but I'm sending you. God's answer is I see their oppression. I hear their cries. I know their sorrows. I'm coming down, but I'm sending you. You. You are the hope. Christ in you, the Bible says, is the hope of glory. You're the hope for this world. It's Jesus living and breathing inside you. You are the only hope. You are the front line against this darkness that is entering into this age greater than ever before. You are the hope. You. What are you going to do about it? You want to keep playing church games? Keep hanging out in your recliner? That's fine. God won't deliver you out of your easy boy, lazy boy. Come on, somebody. He'll deliver you out of the pit, but he won't deliver you out of the lazy boy. I got to tell someone, put the Cheetos down, get out of the lazy boy, and start worshiping God. Come on. Show me these pictures real quick. Come on. This woman, I wanted to just show you a few things from El Salvador that God really spoke to me. This woman came from a, multiple generations. Her family was involved in witchcraft. Our team prayed for her. She got completely delivered, saved, and she got baptized in the Holy Ghost. 
well, I don't know if I believe in witchcraft. Well, I'm telling you, I sure do. Because the Bible talks about it. I believe the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. And I'll tell you what, we, we've spent way too long counseling the demonic. We need to learn to cast it out in the name of Jesus. Come on, somebody. I tell pastors, you spend half your time counseling demons. Come on, somebody. Cast them out in the name of Jesus. This woman, God saw her oppression. He heard her cries. He knew her sorrow. God's answer from, for this woman was Joey. God heard her cries. He saw her affliction, her oppression. He knew her sorrow. Come here, Joey. He said, I'm going to send this man. I'm going to come down and I'm going to send you to her. And you're going to pray for her and the power of the Holy Ghost that lives inside of you. See, she was completely blind and Joey prayed for her and God gave her sight back. This is how it works. This is God's answer to the world. If you're waiting for him to do it, he won't do it. He will work through you. This woman was bound in witchcraft. She got completely delivered. This woman, I want to make sure I got, get it right. This woman was healed from a, such, such terrible pain in her entire body. So I want you to see something. God's seen her affliction. He heard her cries. He knew her sorrow. And he said, I'm going to send Alba. I'm going to send Alba, and Alba's going to pray for her. And I'm going to touch her. Alba's going to pray a prayer of faith. And God's going to touch her through Alba's life. The next one is a baby was healed due to abnormal growth in the brain. This baby was constantly in pain. We witnessed the transforming power of God reshape this baby's enlarged head right before our eyes. God heard the mother's cry. He saw the oppression. He knew the suffering. And he said, I'm going to send a team from Whittier, California to Santa Ana, El Salvador. And they will be the answer to the solution the problem I got you to understand this today we are the answer you're it and if you won't do it God will pick someone else but this is it the remnants left this is it.
There was a woman. This woman was healed from constant pain in her left ear. I'm going to keep doing this over and over until you get in. It doesn't bother me. I know where I'm going. God saw her affliction. He heard her cry. He knew her suffering. He said, I'm going to send Priscilla. I'm going to send Nathan. All the way from California. But so many people like Moses said, let me give you some excuses why I can't do it. Let me tell you why I can't go. Let me tell you why I can't pray. Let me tell you why I can't stand up. Let me tell you why I can't stand up against a demonic agenda. Because I care about people coming into my church and I care about this and I either you're going to do what God wants or you're not. I'm not here to sugarcoat it. I'm here to shoot you straight because time is short. I'm here to let you know that it's time now to rise up, take back this country, believe for God for miracles in this land, to take back a nation that is hurting and dying. Come on. God sees their oppression. He hears their cry, and he knows their suffering. Thank God, Nathan said, God, here am I. Send me. Priscilla said, God, here am I. I remember giving Priscilla a word and saying to her, you're going to go to El Salvador. She pulled me aside and said, I don't have a passport yet. I said, you're going to get one, and you're going to go. She got it just a few weeks before, maybe even less than that. And next thing you know, she's in El Salvador praying for the sick. Priscilla was the answer to someone's cry of their heart to be healed. God says, I'm going to come down, but I'm going to send you. Come on. I can't go. Too busy. Too many things. Doesn't mean you have to go to El Salvador. What about your neighbor? What about the person on your street? What about your family? What about your children? Grandchildren? Next one. Oh, I know this woman. She was completely deaf. I prayed. Actually, Katie grabbed me. I prayed for her. Her ears popped open for the first time in her life and she heard for the first time. God is a healer. He is a deliverer. I've learned something in my life now. God's answer is us. To a world that is hurting and dying. God's answer is us. And what we want to do here at the church through Hope and Promises, our wonderful nonprofit we started out of here and from other things, we want to bring hope. We want to make a difference. We want to stand up for righteousness. We're not going to back down. We're going to keep fighting the good fight of faith. I want everyone to stand.
Hallelujah. As the worship team comes back. God's answer is you. God's answer is you. Every time we tithe, every time we give, it's going to advance the kingdom of God. This year, we have a crusade planned in Whittier between the days of July 14th and 17th with Tony Suarez and our worship team and myself will be preaching the gospel. In September, we plan, and hopefully it works out, we're going to be in Tijuana at one of the stadiums in Tijuana. In November, we plan to go back to Central America, most likely Honduras, and preach the gospel, feed the, feed the poor. Every time we do it, we bring food because we must when people are crying out, we are the answer. There's also things happening in the world that we're not putting our head in the sand and pretending like they don't exist. We understand what's getting ready to happen in California. We understand our assignment. We must protect this next generation. We must help save this next generation. As people are going to be coming from all over the country to California to have abortion procedures, we would like to give another alternative. Right here on this property, we would like people to come in here and hear about another option. Because God says, I've seen their oppression, I've heard their cries. I know their sorrow. I'm going to come down to deliver them. But I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. I'm going to send you. I want the ushers to come forward. I'm going to send you. May we always pray, may we always give, and may we always go. Right now, as we prepare to give, there's ways to give on the screen here. Someone said, could we always, people are asking to give to our mission stuff. You can always go on our thing and give to missions or market missions. Here soon, we're going to be preaching about remodeling this facility and doing some stuff at the mods and different places to make it more updated. It's time. But Pastor Bill said it, and I thought it was a great quote. We're remodeling with a purpose. We're not just remodeling to remodeling. We're remodeling with a purpose. And I'm here to tell you, 
I wanted to stir you today. The Holy Spirit put me on assignment to stir you. I believe there's going to be a lot of people that get a nevertheless at the end of their story after all the facts because you put it there. God used you to put it there. I was blind and I thought I was going to be blind forever. Nevertheless, Joey Cristobal came from Whittier, California, prayed for me, and I was healed by the power of God. I'm here to tell someone today, your giving matters, your tithing matters, because it takes money to do this. Every time we flush a toilet, it takes money. Everything we do takes money to give food, to have these crusades, to go on the streets, Bible schools, training up the next generation. It takes money, it takes resources. We must always be faithful with our tithing. And I tell someone here today, if you haven't been faithful with your tithing, get faithful. It's the only area God says testament. I want Natalie to come up here. As we prepare to give, we are giving with a purpose. We're giving with a purpose. We are giving with a purpose. Let's lift our hands, our eyes, our focus towards heaven. Right now in the name of Jesus, we thank you. That as we return this tithe, this holy sanctified 10%, we thank you, Jesus, that you're going to breathe on everything above that as well, every offering, everything we place in the palm of your hand here today. We thank you, Lord, that it's for your kingdom purposes. It's for your kingdom to be built. It's for souls to be saved, territory to be taken, the next generation to be impacted. We thank you, Lord, that you breathe on every seed that we place in your hand right now. And the blessing of God comes upon your people. Every giver, every tither, everyone under the sound of my voice right now, as you place this offering, this tithe, this gift in the hand of God, we ask for the breath of heaven, Lord, to breathe on their lives, their incomes, their businesses, their families, their children, everything they need. We ask for the breath of heaven to breathe on your people right now in Jesus' name. Let it multiply and let it increase for your glory in Jesus' name. Amen, amen. Lift your hands once the ushers go past. Hallelujah. For just a few seconds right now, we just thank you, God. We thank you, God. We love you, Jesus. We thank you, God. We thank you, God. I was praying this week, like I said, I was praying about all the things I wanted God to fix. He said... You do it.
I'll work through you. I'm sending you. Put your hand down for a second with every head bowed, every eye closed. If you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, you need to rededicate your life to Jesus. When I count to three, lift your hand high. He died for your sins. He shed his blood for you. One, I declare the Holy Ghost is moving through this place. Two, I break every chain of the devil over your life. You need to give your life to Jesus or rededicate it. Three, lift your hand now high. High. I see those hands. I see them in the upper deck. I see them. I see them. Repeat after me. Say, Jesus, forgive me of my sins. Come into my heart and live. I give you everything. I love you, Jesus. I believe you died for my sins. I believe you rose three days later with all power and authority. I love you, Jesus. Amen. Come on, let's give those wonderful people a big hand clap. Every hand lifted now. You are God's answer. You are. I just got saved. I can hear someone saying, I just got saved. I can hear someone saying that. God says, You're going to be an answer. I'm too old. You're going to be an answer. I can't talk right. No more excuses. You're an answer. I pray over each person that you feel the weight. I pray that you see the oppression. I pray that you hear the cries. I pray that you know the suffering. I pray for a going spirit, a spirit that will go into the highways, into the byways, declare the goodness of God in the land of the living. Preach the unadulterated gospel of Jesus Christ with power and authority to move supernaturally. To go when God says go. I declare it over your life in Jesus' name. And everyone say amen. Come on, one more time. A loud amen. Come on, a loud amen. All right, we're going to have our pastors here if you want prayer. We'll be back tomorrow night as the worship team leads us. Oh
Fire! 